Capel's in motion. He'll go to the left. Four-man line for New Mexico. Bachmeyer gets the snap for Rush. Bachmeyer steps up in the pocket, throws it to Capel's, made the catch, the 10, and sprints into the end zone for the touchdown. Well, we are back and feeling much better than we were one week ago after Boise State opened up with a disappointing performance in Corvallis. They go down to Albuquerque, and they get right, mostly, against the New Mexico Lobos. Kendrick again pressured, being chased by Noah, and Noah's going to get him for a sack back at the 49-yard line. A loss of five, third sack tonight for Boise State. Welcome on into Jay Sports Bar. I'm your host, Jay Tuss, and of course, I'm joined by Mr. 232, 232 career catches for Boise State, Shane Williams-Rhodes. And I think first off, we'll just uh, open it up right out of the gate with what did you think about Boise State's performance in Albuquerque? Uh, I can tell you this. You can tell we have a defensive head coach. Mm -hmm. Uh, Defense looked great. Uh, I don't think I've seen them play that well in a while, so it was good. I mean, we had six sacks, 12 TFLs. Um, I mean, they didn't even throw for 100 yards, so that Mm -hmm. is not something that you see in a normal game. Yeah. Uh, Even though New Mexico tends to be run heavy, I mean, they had 25 rushing yards, so I was – Totally satisfied with what I saw on defense. Yeah, it was pretty interesting because uh, New Mexico runs this triple option, and it didn't even really even seem like it uh, last Friday. Uh, they threw the ball 28 times. They threw every single type of play action you could possibly throw at Boise State, given the fact that Boise State got caught with their eyes out of place in the season opener against Oregon State. Try to capitalize that on that. We're going to get back to the, the defense uh, in just a moment, including some individual standouts like uh, a local kid, George Tarlis, that was outstanding, and another local kid in Scott Matlock that uh, had a sack and uh, just dominated that defensive line. But uh, right now, offense continues to be kind of the main theme of this team, and for quite frankly, kind, kind of a lack thereof. They put up 31 points. I do remind you they had a blocked punt that they returned for a touchdown. So, really, the offense yeah. put up 24 points at New Mexico. Going into the game, Shane, we talked about it last week here on Jay Sports Bar. Rocky Long is the defensive coordinator of New Mexico. They are going to present a challenge defensively. Yeah. So, how do you feel about 24 points on offense given that? I feel with the type of athletes you have at Boise State mm-hmm. versus the type at New Mexico, I don't think that New Mexico defense played bad at all. Uh, the, the touchdowns that we did get, I think they were just schemed up really well. I mm-hmm. mean, if you look at them, for the most part, uh, two of them, we were wide open. So you had the four verts with the – they ran a hitch route, and I guess he kind of ran it more like a juke. So we had him sit and then take off. And so the four verts cleared everything out. He catches the hitch, and he's just gone. Mm-hmm. So that was great. It was a good scheme, good call by foul. And then the other one was George out of the backfield just in the flats. I mean, no one touched him. He just walks in. Right. So I think outside of that, I think Mexico played good on defense. I mean, I'm kind of walking out of that game. I'm a little worried still. Uh, uh, the Hank stands, please don't uh, have my head, but I still feel the same way I felt before. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same way I felt after Oregon State. We still are not. I still don't know what our identity is. I don't know, you know, I don't really know what we're good at. Yeah. You know, uh, outside of two, uh, two deep balls, Hanks, his passing production was less than those two deep balls. So, those two, those two catches took away half of his whole production. Yeah. So, it's tough, man. If you look at that QBR, it's still under 25. Yeah, so it's still, it's still not great. We're gonna get back to Hank in a moment. I want to focus on how maybe. Some people might be able to help Hank, believe it or not, to, to start this thing with. Um, 
you look at, at the passing game, 170 yards passing at New Mexico. Hank was 17, uh, excuse me, 16 of 27, 170 passing yards, three touchdowns. He also had one pick that I, I definitely know that's a throw that he probably wishes he could have back. Trying to go into double coverage, Josh Allen might be able to squeeze that thing in there, but uh, the, you got to have a one-of-a-kind type arm to get to, to complete that throw. Um, when it comes to maybe like the, the, the receivers, you played that position. Mm-hmm. Um, going into any given season, you have this coach speak from whether the player, whether it be the players or the coaches. Oh, we don't need a number one. You know, we don't. We have a lot of guys that you know we can spread it out. Uh, is it okay to go into a season with that mindset, or do you need somebody that you know you can throw the ball at? Uh, I'm gonna disagree with that. There's no way you go into any season without having a guy. You gotta have a, always have a guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at any NFL team; every team has a guy, no matter what. Um, I, that's our problem. We don't have a guy. So I know every team has a role. So everyone has roles. So even you know, back in the day when we, no matter what, when you had Titus and Pettis, one was a deep threat, one was your possession guy. Every we have guys. Everybody has a role. We don't know what anybody's role is on this mm-hmm. team. You know, the guy who is supposed to be the guy seems to be, you know, hit and miss a little bit. Yeah. Uh, whether it's he's getting the targets or he's not or not catching as many of the targets as he gets. And then you have young guys who maybe step up one week, but then the other week they don't. And then guys getting hurt. It's just yeah. a combination of everything. If So, I mean, I know that Boise State has to game plan their, their strengths at, off- or at wide receiver right now. I mean, Khalil Shakir a year ago – you put him on the field and he can do anything for you. Mm-hmm. And it's clear they, they don't have a guy like that this year. I mean, Khalil set the bar very, very high. So now it's, it's almost about finding who can do what. And it still feels like they are trying to find, you know, who is best at what as they, as they kind of just play now a chess match at wide receiver. You, you look at a guy like Steph Cobbs, and, I mean, last year he definitely showed some promise with 34 catches, 421 receiving yards, and, and somewhat limited action because he did get injured at, at times last year and missed a couple of games. But in the season opener at, at – Oregon State, he has nine targets. Mm-hmm. Last weekend at, against New Mexico, he didn't have a single target. To, to play the Z receiver position and go through a game without a target, that's kind of crazy, right? It's tough. And I'm, I think uh, what we're seeing from him is last year he was our deep threat because we had, you know, Khalil who could do a little bit of everything. He yeah. could be your possession guy where you need a big catch. He could be your big play guy. But I think we were so used to seeing Cobbs just being – taking the top off, being our vertical guy. Mm-hmm. Now his role changed this year because, you know, Khalil left. We were hoping he assumed that role, but he doesn't seem like he's that kind of receiver. Mm-hmm. So I think now we're struggling and trying to find an identity, yeah. which is what I keep saying every week is we don't have an identity. We don't know who's our guy, who's our possession guy, who's our, you know, our mm-hmm. deep threat. You know, I know they, they were thinking Austin Bolt was hoping to come in and fill in Cobb's position as being the deep threat, and he gets hurt, and he's out for the season. And so I know things are everywhere, but it's next man up. I mean, that's why we recruit. Right. And I will say this. You bring up Austin Bolt's name. That is a guy that was going to have a role and an impact on this team this year, especially when it came to his vertical presence. He's 6'4". He is the fastest human on the Boise State football team when healthy. And Tim Plow brought that up this week, like, 
Um, losing him hurt. They had to find somebody that could maybe provide a spark at that role. That person ended up being a guy that you almost had to pull out your roster to find out who the heck it was, number 83, Cole Wright. Yeah. He had the biggest reception, uh, not only of the game, but really of, of the season so far for the Boise State football team. Got in for just a couple of plays, had the 47-yarder. That kind of jump-started the offense at the, end of the first, at the end of the first quarter. Beginning of the second quarter, another guy that maybe some of you have to pull out your roster for, we know him a little bit better, Latrell Capel's number seven. Yeah. It, 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 I feel like Latrell is a guy that, that might be able to offer a little bit of versatility, run after the catch mm -hmm. uh, to this offense. Yeah, I totally agree. I don't know if he's the guy, you know, the go-to guy. but He's I only a sophomore. Be, yeah, I think he could play that, you know, possession receiver type guy for us, mm -hmm. you know, third and five. He's the guy, you know, is going to secure, secure the catch. I mean, that's what it looked like to me yeah. this week. So I'm hoping we can see a little bit more of him, especially with teams obviously are going to continue to try to take Cobbs out of the game. Yeah, and I, and I will say this too, talking with some people over the Boise State football facility, they say that Caples has really, really good hands. Uh, it's tough to say who has the best hands on the team, but Caples is one of those guys. I, and I, I have to say, I do, I do think that's an anomaly for Steph Cobbs not to get targeted. He had a busy night as a punt returner, had a number of punt returns. Um, but I do think that's going to be an anomaly because you have to find a way to, to try to get him going, try to get him the ball. He had a very positive preseason and looked really good during scrimmages at times, so I think they'll find a way to get him going. Um, when you watch this offense, you know, we, we hear so much about uh, the complexities of this offense, how much is on Hank's plate and what he's doing at the line of scrimmage. Um, there were 66 plays, I guess, where Boise State lined up for against New Mexico, and on 26 of those, Hank did some type of audible at the line, some type of change uh, to get the guys in the right spot. Sometimes they go to the line with two plays, he kills one of them, they go with this play, or maybe it is a, a more simple adjustment. Um, is that a lot, or is that kind of what is, what is on a normal quarterback's plate? I think that is something that probably goes towards more of his development over the last three or four years. Okay. So with him being a quarterback who started here for three years, they figure they can throw more stuff at him. But I think, uh, not his mental development, I guess, so to say, pre-snap, I think the post-snap mental development hasn't been as good as the pre-snap. Interesting. So now, even though he's able to see stuff pre-snap, mm -hmm. I think post-snap things are still a little bit getting away from him. I right. think he's still, like the interception, I think. And, and I know. think that's something that so oftentimes when you're just watching a football game, to sit down and watch a football game, and you're different than, than me and probably a lot of other people, but you really are just kind of focused on that, that post-snap execution. And the pre-snap execution is very, very important. But maybe for him it, it comes in into that, that post-snap execution. So um, how, how does that improve? How do you slow down the game, essentially? Well, usually with a quarterback, it's reps, so mm -hmm. the more I see things, so, uh, you know, like, so I'll use Kellen, which I hate to use Kellen because it's hard to compare guys yeah, to Kellen. Little, well, let's go straight to the top. But I've, I've always <laughs> heard this story about Kellen uh, playing a game. I can't even remember which game it was. I want to say it was Georgia. Uh -huh. And so uh, Matt Miller's freshman year, and that Kellen Georgia, saw that the linebacker, every play that he was blitzing, he had a slightly staggered stance. Uh. And then every play he was dropping into coverage, his feet were even. Yep. And so just through seeing that, um, Kellen decided to check to a different play. He had Matt run a slant. And I know you remember everything, so I know you know Matt Miller's Not a touchdown. A touchdown yep. on a slant route against yep. Georgia. But that was something that wasn't in the playbook. Mm -hmm. So it was something he saw, right? So if I see it enough from reps, 
whether it's it, maybe he saw it the year before and he and he played it into this game, or he just saw it throughout the game. But he's looking for things like that and tendencies. And I don't know if we, I know for sure we're not there. I think right now we're just they're just going out and giving him those two plays and letting him see, you know, if it's zone, give me this. If it's man, give me this. If this guy's rolled up, like they're going off of that. Mm -hmm. But obviously he's not to that point where he can see things like that. So Interesting. You know, taking the next step and looking at things a little bit closer and seeing maybe the safety lines up a little bit closer to the hash when he's going to roll to three. Uh, if he's gonna, you know, line up a little bit more downhill, maybe he's going back and getting back into cover two because it seems like for the last two weeks, those picks have been coming in cover two. Mm -hmm. So teams obviously are seeing that he struggles with yep. two. So whether they're showing two at the snap or they're rolling to it, they're getting back to it, and those safeties are just right. Having, they're having picks fall in their lap. Yeah, because his first pick at Oregon State was cover two, mm -hmm. and then the pick he threw it yeah. at New Mexico was a cover was into cover yeah, two. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, if, if you had to say, before we move on to defense here in a second, if you had to say what the cap points-wise of this offense is, what, what do you think it is? I don't know if they're and, – and I'm saying don't consider, like, that they need – if they get five turnovers and they have five mm -hmm. extra possessions and, and crazy field position. Like, I'm just trying to scrap that right now. Like, if, if you're going into a game, like, and you're the defense, you're like, how many points do we have to – how many points can we allow – knowing that our offense can outpace us? I think in order for us to go into every game and be okay and be able to win, I think the defense can't give up more than 14. Wow. That's, that's, that's not a very high number. <laughs> that's where I stand with the consistency of the offense. Yeah. Because, I mean, you just it's, – it's tough. I feel like offensively we still we aren't there yet. Yeah. If we go out and play the way we did on offense – Against Fresno, I think we lose that game by maybe 13, 14 points. Yeah. You know, it's just I'm, I'm, I'm th kind of thinking ahead. Obviously, yeah. I know we well, have. Well, no, you're, you're saying that, and, like, you think last year, and then all of a sudden last year at Fresno, like, that was one of the games Boise State really clicked on offense, mm -hmm. and they, they went down and they, they yeah. crushed the Bulldogs. Yeah. So I guess we're just waiting for that any given Saturday where, where it does click, and then after, after we experience that, is it sustainable? It seems like this might be the opponent this Saturday where mm -hmm. it's the get-right game. UT Martin sure. coming to town in FCS school. We are going to get to that game in just a second here. But focusing on the Boise State defense now, man, it was fun to watch those guys go to work up front. And I got to say, it is a different experience watching the game uh, field level <laughs> when you see Scott Matlock li lining up and doing his thing. It, it, I mean, TV does not do it justice. Yeah, those guys are flying around, but the thing that stood out the most to me was your best player was not on the field, and we still were able to produce mm -hmm. on defense. So J.L. Skinner that was, that missed was the game with an injury. That was huge to me. So to be able to see that, you know, it tells me we have a little bit of depth. So I, I feel good about the future, and, you know, if anything is to, is to happen, mm -hmm. we, we won't, you know, miss a beat. Was there ever a case, I'm trying to think back, um, you miss, I mean, J.L., misses the game and it was all kind of a surprise to us and, and we don't know the details of it because you know, Andy Avalos doesn't talk about injuries and that's something that a lot of college football coaches don't necessarily do. Um, but they bring in a guy, Alexander Tubner. Do you know who Alexander Tubner is? I've never heard. Exactly. Kind of my point, right? <laughs> and I mean, I have. I, I, I love the guy that, you know, notice he kind of plays with the chip on his shoulder. Mm -hmm. He's always the guy that you're like, man, he's practicing too hard, which there's no such thing as practicing too hard. Yeah. But you just kind of know the, the, see him the way that he's moving out there and the pace and the intensity that he operates with. He's that guy. 
And so to have him, a former walk-on, that you got to pull out the roster to find out who he is, for him not to miss a beat, like how cool of a story is that? It's he's great. Four, he's five inches shorter than JL. <laughs> the best thing about it is now going forward through the season, uh, let's say JL is just, you know, he's having something just small, ticky-tacky mm-hmm. that's going on, and you, st- you don't want to sit him yep. necessarily for a game. You can now maybe have him play, rotate a little bit. Yep. He doesn't have to sit out a whole game. He maybe can play half the game, yep. you know, on a snap count just because now you have a little bit of depth. Mm-hmm. So that's a good thing. Yeah. I think it was a lot of positives out of that. Alexander Tubner is a great player. Um, I, I, we were talking with Andy a little bit this week, and he said the media gives him a little chip on his shoulder. I, man, I... I I feel like I almost removed the chip because I, I really enjoyed watching Alexander Tubner play um, in his limited reps as a Bronco so far this year. Remember, JL got ejected last year at BYU for targeting. Yeah. And, and number 30, well, I think he was, yeah, 34 at the time. Yeah, he still, he yeah. still is. Uh, Alexander came in and he just kind of quietly, like, mm-hmm. filled in and yeah. did his thing and was ready to go. And nobody really talked about him after the game, which means. He did his job. Agreed. <laughs> yep. Know? Because you should best believe that New Mexico saw that, uh, you know, number zero they, was not on the yeah. field. They and took they a, attacked. Yeah. For sure. George Tarlis had a sack on the first play, but that play design right out the gate was to attack mm-hmm. Alexander Tubner right out of the yeah. gate. George just got the sack, and they never had the opportunity to do that. Speaking, okay, now let's bring it bring it back here. Uh, speaking of some of those players, I mentioned uh, the fact that. Nobody's work ethic, preparation, anything is, is above what Scott Matlock does. He, he's talking with Spencer Danielson this week. He told me, like, you never question that you're going to get 100% from Scott Matlock. He always absolutely brings it, and he always absolutely shows it. Another guy that's beginning to prove that um, is, in my opinion, is a guy like George Tarlis. Mm-hmm. And he was, I mean... He played. He he made some big boy plays where if you are a selfish player, mm-hmm. you don't you just see ball carrier. You go try to tackle ball carrier. In his case, he's taking on double teams, setting an edge, and then all of a sudden the play's getting strung out so far that he's pushing through, and now he's got a tackle for loss. Yep. I, I mean, George Tarlish was shut out in the first game. Showed that he can be an absolutely dynamic impact player on this defense in the second game. So, what which one is he? You know, I think. I think, like you said, I think he does a good job of just doing his job. He's not trying to do too much, you know. I think he's filling his gaps, and he's getting there. And for me personally, I actually thought our DBs mm-hmm. coming into the season were going to be our strength of our defense. But after three, two games, I, be, I think it might have to be the D-line. Yeah. Our D-line is playing together. I know after that first game, everyone's a little shaky because yeah. we were just kind of – it was all over the place. Those guys were on the field a lot, so that kind of hurt us. But – uh, we didn't have, you know, obviously the sacks that we wanted, but I think you can kind of see it now. They, those guys are, are kind of rolling, mm-hmm. and they're playing together, and not, it's not just one guy. It's multiple guys yep. in sacks. I, I feel like they're finding their, their rhythm a little bit. Uh, staying on that defensive line, he is, he is a mixture of both. Uh, Herb Gums, out, another, another Texan, <laughs> um, number 98, uh, plays nose tackle, and now they, they line him up in a fourth and short situation near midfield at fullback. Mm-hmm. I mean, I asked some of the guys on the team this week about that. But coming, coming from a guy that, you know, you, you, heck, you, you crossed over with Mike Atkinson there for a minute. Mm-hmm. He was a running back in high school. He played nose tackle at Boise State. To have a guy that you can send on the field like, like that in that scenario, that can't not, like, uplift everybody, right? Yeah, if they would have ever put me in the backfield and Mike Atkinson in front of me for lead blocking, not only would you not be able to see me, yeah. you know, behind Mike, but 
I think we would have scored a lot more touchdowns. Sure. <laughs> I feel like that's like a, a formation <laughs> that I just would have like created on NCAA. Jeez, you know what I mean? Yeah, like just lined it up that way. Uh, so yeah, another thing I want to bring up before we move on to UT Martin is, is just the play of the linebackers really quick because you have a six-year senior in Ezekiel Noah that's utilizing his COVID year. He is making plays. He, is, he has been outstanding. And next to him is a guy that a lot of people did kind of count out in DJ Schramm. They're like, who's going to come and win this position from DJ because he just seems like he is, gonna, he is destined to be a backup at Boise State. And now you're, you're looking at two of the most consistent players, not just on defense, but on the Boise State football team. And the thing that I like about them, Shane, I spent the first half, usually I go up to the box and watch the game. Uh, I've spent the first half of the game on the sideline at New Mexico. You look into those guys' eyes and it, Man, I don't. There could I, there could be fireworks there. Whatever they and they are just laser in. focused. It is so cool to see, and it's unique because you look around, and I'm not saying that none of the other guys are focused, but you just you can see the intensity in those guys. I'm glad you brought up uh, Noah because I think I was when I was rewatching the game, mm -hmm. I was I watched him make an open field tackle. I want to say is on the right sideline, and I thought to myself about two years ago he would have missed that tackle. Mm -hmm. So I think the game is is starting to slow down. Yeah. He's seen it enough. Yep. And he's and you can tell. Like if you literally go back and watch tape from two years ago, mm -hmm. he's missing tackles. He's flying around, but he's just, you know, he's getting there fast. He's yep. not breaking down. But now you can see he's he's scraping. He's doing the thing yeah. that you're supposed to do. I don't know if he's necessarily faster. Maybe he is physically a little faster, but as you said, the game's slowing down for him, so it almost feels like he can play the game faster. So he appears faster. Yeah. It's a lot easier to. And he's a great, it's a lot he's a great kid. When you know where the ball's going, yeah. You know? So, uh, as a young guy, you don't know what's going on. You're just out there. You know, okay, this is my job. Mm -hmm. I don't really know how to adjust. Even though they teach you to adjust, it's a lot coming at you. You got guys pulling, guys coming at you. Mm -hmm. But I think now he's seen it enough. He knows. Okay, that guy pulls. All right, I got someone replacing here. I'm, I need to scrape here. Like he, he's seen it enough to now he knows where he needs to go. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's not necessarily faster. He knows where to go, so now I can react faster. Yeah. Well, um, like I said, and Zeke's a great kid. So is DJ Schramm, for that matter. But as we as we rope this back to, to conclude this in, into the UT Martin game, Boise State finally gets to play a home opener. It, it feels like the season's almost halfway over. Not really. It's a long year. But still, it's yeah. September 14th today. Oh, wow. The opener September 17th. It just feels like it's, it's taken forever for the home opener to get here. But it finally arrives at 2 o'clock on the blue. Should be a glorious mid-September afternoon. And you have an FCS opponent coming to the town instead of Michigan State, which was originally scheduled to, to happen this weekend. Um, when we talk with everybody over at Boise State, they give us the old, no, this is a team with NFL players. Uh, you can't tell that they're an FCS school. Shane, when you when you when you watch, <laughs> when you watch, can you tell if an FCS school is different than than FBS? For sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it could. Hey, they might have some dudes, mm -hmm. and, and maybe it's not necessarily one through ten. Yeah. But eleven through ninety is different, right? For sure. The line gets a little bit more pushed. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's different for sure. So how can Boise State figure everything out this week? What do they have to do to get right? And feel good about and feel good going into a really critical stretch of games. They close out um, well the first part of non-conference play. I guess BYU is still on November fifth, but they close out this first portion of non-conference play next week in El Paso against UTEP, and then come into the blue is San Diego State on a Friday and Fresno State the following Saturday. So they, it, how can they get right against against a FCS school and then carry that 
through the rest of the season? I think this is where, this has got to be the game where our offense decides we're going to put up 50, 60 points, mm -hmm. and we need to see something. Like, we, we got to figure out who we are. Identity-wise, I think this is the game we do it. I think we'll break out of the, I think we'll, I think we'll have 45-plus points this week. I think okay. this is the game that we get it. Yeah. I, I feel like it's close, and I feel like there are things that um, the common fan, even sometimes myself, like I don't know, oftentimes myself, I'll humbly say that, can't necessarily see. But I even go back to like a running play last, last week against New Mexico. It's a 10-yard gain. It looks beautiful, and, and, you're, and you walk away thinking that's a great game. You go back and you, and you rewatch it, and you could see, you know, Hank, Hank sends Davis Cutter across the formation to all of a sudden tip the numbers in their favor going mm -hmm. back to the right. And, and if you go back, you can see if, if one offensive lineman peels back and he blocks a, a safety instead of going after the same linebacker that the center's going after, that could be a 60-yard play right there. And that really is how fine it is, at, like mm -hmm. the fine line it is at times, true. right? Yeah, that's true. That's how it works. It, it's tough. Uh, it's an 11-man game. That's why they always say if everyone does their job, then hypothetically speaking, yeah. it should be one-on-one -on -one with you know, that running back. So that, the only reason why I bring that up is because after the season opener, Riley Smith sat in, in, in the post-game press conference in front, in front of us, and he said, guys, this offense is explosive. We know it can be explosive. We've seen it in practice be explosive. They're just trying to bring it to game day. And it's little things like that where all of a sudden now – I mean, let's just focus on that play right there. Mm -hmm. That one single play right there. Boise State gains 318 total yards, I want to say, at New Mexico. Tack on 60 to that. All of a sudden, you're, okay, now we're moving closer to 380 total yards. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, you're like, you, you go home, you can feel okay with that. Closer to 400 mm -hmm. yards. Got a guy like George Halani who ran that ball. Instead of finishing with, what, 67 yards rushing. He's up at a buck 33 or whatever, right? Or some, somewhere in that, that, that range. And so now all of a sudden, hey, George is the, t the toast of the town instead of being like, man, Ashton Genty's chasing his playing time, you know? It's little things like that, man. That, uh, Shane, I just I can't wait for it to, s to see it all finally connect and, uh, and see if the, and then, and then once it does, to see if they can sustain it. Yeah, I, I got to say, though, I'm ready to see a little bit more of Genty. Uh, he's going to be... He's the next he's guy. He's saying that because he's from Texas. He's the next guy. Same, same town as Jay Jai was from. He's the next guy. That's <laughs> it. Yeah, he's, got, he's the next guy. And I said that right when you walked in here, the, he reminds me of you a little bit. Dude, a little smaller, pretty shifty. I like him. I like him a lot. <laughs> the first, usually the second guy is not tackling him, so yeah. I like that guy. He's okay. going to be, he's going to be the one. Yeah, they got a great one-two punch. And I'm, I'm just going to say this. You can compliment Ashton Genty without saying that he's better than George Halani. Yeah, yeah, no, we, didn't we, say he was better I know, than him. Yeah, I know yeah. you did it, but people yep. out there on Twitter yeah, want to yeah. make this like a competition. No, and it's like, no, not Just yet. chill. Like, George Halani's a baller. Yes. Right? Agreed. agreed. Yes, thank you. Just chill on that one. Okay, final prediction. What happens this Saturday? We come out. Defense plays, I don't want to say, defense won't play better than they did last week. Mm -hmm. Because it's really hard to top what they did last yeah. week. Defense won't necessarily play better, but defense will come out. They will play solid. Mm -hmm. um, I'm hoping we can get some guys back healthy. Uh, I think the offense comes out and they finally do what we've been waiting them to do. You know, the, what we're used to. We get, you know, 40-plus points. And then we get some of those young guys in and get to see some of those guys mm -hmm. kind of get in there. But I think offensively, you don't take your foot off 
the gas. You, you got you, hammered you down until the end. Yeah, unfortunately for sorry, UT yeah, Martin. It's it's not you know nothing personal has nothing to do with them, but we yeah. we got to get in a rhythm, and we can't just go up and then take yeah. off the gas. I did the, I did this last week. I'm gonna do it again this week. I'm gonna leave you some stats and a history lesson. Bring up 12 tackles for loss last week. Whenever Boise State has 12 or more tackles for a loss in a game dating back to the 2005 season. They are a perfect 13-0. Whenever they get five or more sacks in a game, they had six last week, five or more sacks in a game since 2005. They are 27-1. and one. And their one, by the way, was like this triple overtime fluke where they kind of blew a big lead because the offense had a late turnover at Washington State. So I, 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 those, those numbers bode well for them. Uh, one more, Ashton Genty right now. He leads all freshmen in the Mountain West, uh, tied for leading in catches. He leads them all in touches and total yards. He's, he's been really, really good. And finally, we get to the history lesson. Do you all know who the player of the game for the Boise State football team was in 2013, the last time UT Martin visited the Blue? Shane Williams Rhodes. There we go. I love UT Martin. I'm glad they're coming to town. <laughs> I'm glad they're coming to town. Glad they're coming to town. The pregame show this Saturday. Uh, we got two of them coming at you. 9 to 10 a.m. live on Channel 7. And then uh, due to some scheduling conflicts, we're going to shift it over to a digital-only show on KTVB.com and KTVB+. That will air live from 1 to 2 o'clock, taking you up to kickoff. We will be on the blue, bringing you everything you need to know about the season opener against UT Martin. Shane, we appreciate it, bud. No problem. All right, everybody. Uh, same time, same place next week here on J Sports Bar, serving the Idaho sports community.